welcome to today's pep talk, excuses and filler words. Today's pep talk is more of a pep talk tips episode as I'm providing a couple of tips regarding communication. The first communication faux pas appeared on my radar a couple of years ago, and it's related to how people utilize the phrase, it's not an excuse. When a person provides a justification and then says it's not an excuse, most assuredly it is an excuse. Let me provide an example. A few weeks ago, I called an agency to answer an administrative question I had pertaining to my practice. When I called the agency, I waited on hold for 30 minutes. The recording provided me the option of leaving a message for someone to return my call versus continuing to wait on hold. Since I needed to go into a session with a client, I went ahead and left a detailed voicemail message regarding my questions, asking someone to return my call. A couple of days later, I received a voicemail message from a representative of the agency informing me she was simply returning my call and to call back. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I was really frustrated by this. I had left a detailed message purposefully so that someone could simply leave me a message back answering my questions. Nonetheless, I called the agency again. Once again, I waited on hold an excessive amount of time and again ended up leaving another detailed message asking someone to return my call because I was on hold for so long. I asked that they answer my questions in a return voicemail message to me versus simply leaving me a message asking me to call them again. I expressed to them in my voicemail message that I had waited quite some time on hold twice and that clearly it was difficult to connect with someone live so it would be really helpful for for me if they would just simply return my call providing me the information in the voicemail message, even if that meant referring me to another resource to at least call me back and let me know if they were able to answer my question or not, and if they couldn't, then refer me to someone BB who could. I did not hear back from anyone, and so a few days later I called again, and this time I was blessed to actually speak to somebody live. And I shared with the individual the questions I had, and before we ended the call, I shared with her my experience in attempting to reach someone in their agency to answer my questions. And I expressed to her that I had been a member of their organization for over 20 years, and that I paid my annual dues on a timely basis, and that I was really disappointed that, it, that I received less than stellar customer service. She replied to my feedback by apologizing, and then she said, I will not make an excuse. And initially I thought, oh my gosh, this is great. Someone's actually taking ownership of the situation and they're not justifying it. I thought this is great. And then it came, the excuse. (laughs) She told me how busy the call center was and how typically it is not staffed by clinicians. So when someone calls with a clinical question, she said that the call center staff is frequently stumped by the question. And then she said, but that's not an excuse. And what I wanted to say to her was, well, actually, that is an excuse. (laughs) There were only excuses for not returning my call, only excuses. Someone could have called 
and simply let me know it was going to take them some time to get me the information I was requesting, even if it meant referring me to someone else, and that they had limited clinicians on staff and that they were you know, going to work to answer my questions, but it might take a little bit. Somebody had the capability of calling me back. Not returning my call was only, I mean, any any feed, any response to me expressing that I didn't have a return call was truly just an excuse. And any other response other than someone calling me back was an excuse and her response was an excuse. So when she said, but that's not an excuse, it was. That's all she provided for me. She attempted to believe that she was providing some kind of an explanation, but for me, it wasn't. For me, it was truly an excuse because somebody could have called me back to let me know they didn't have the information or that they were attempting to get the information. It just might take a little bit. It's important to me that we own our behaviors versus excusing them. If a person is late, simply say, I am sorry, I'm late. If you did not return a call in a timely manner, simply say, I apologize for not returning your call sooner. Most of the time, individuals are not interested in why you did not do something. And think about that for a minute. If you have a meeting with someone and that individual is running late, when that individual does arrive for your meeting, are you interested in hearing the excuses for why she was late? I doubt it. I'm guessing that you were probably going to be more interested in simply getting on with the meeting, that you're already late, we've already wasted enough time, and it's time to get down to business. I doubt that you're interested in hearing that the interstate was busy or her child threw up on her shirt and she had to change her clothes <laughs> before she came to the meeting. They may, I mean, there may be really good reasons for why the individual was late, but again, most of the time that's going to come across as simply being an excuse. Going forward, if you do not follow through on something or do you or you do not follow through in a timely manner or you say or do something that is hurtful to someone else, please just simply take ownership and don't excuse it. I recognize there can be times when it's appropriate to explain your actions. I really do. I know there's absolutely an appropriate time for that. However, I believe more times than not, an individual is providing an excuse, not an explanation. And for me, the example that I gave with the call center staff person, for me, that was simply an excuse. It wasn't an explanation. I would have been, her providing me that information did not do anything more for me than her, if she would have stopped at her initial statement, which was, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry and, you know, I, I, I apologize for that and I won't make an excuse for it. If she would have just moved on from that point and told me that she would work on getting answers to my questions and she would get back to me, I would have been more impressed with that than her actually going into that explanation telling me, well, again, for me, it's an excuse. Her going into that excuse as to why somebody didn't call me back because, again, no, no reason why someone didn't call me, only excuses that somebody didn't call me back. Okay, so tip number two is related to filler words. Are you someone who has a word that you use unnecessarily when you're talking? For example, this could be, um, you know, 
or one that I hear the most often is the word like. She was like saying that she was like upset that he like said that to her. First and foremost, filler words are distracting. It can be difficult to follow what someone is saying when the individual sentences are filled with an unnecessary word. Secondly, filler words reduce your credibility. If you're saying um or like every few words, you do you really think that you sound as though you truly know what you're talking about? And, and I know that may sound really harsh, and I do not mean for that to come across as critical. I really am just seeking to help you. Nonetheless, when you're using those filler words, do you think that it sounds as though you're an authority on the subject that you're speaking about? Let me use an example, okay? And, and let's see what you, what you think and if maybe you agree with me on this. Let me restate a sentence I just said a few minutes ago using the filler word like and let's see what you think okay here we go like first and foremost like filler words are like distracting like it can be difficult to like follow what someone is like saying when her sentences are like filled with like an unnecessary word okay what do you think was it distracting was it hard to understand the point i was attempting to make did you find yourself focusing solely on the word like Think about this happening during more than simply a few sentences, which is what I just provided. Think about this being in an entire conversation where a filler word is being used. And again, I'm not poking fun. I, I'm, this is, I'm being really quite serious about this. This is really something that can be helpful to you in your communication if you are someone who is using a filler word. Again, the um one is that people will use. They'll be if we go back if we go back to that example um first and foremost um filler words are um distracting um it can be difficult to um follow what someone is um saying when her sentences are um filled with an unnecessary word right that um again so it, it's not just like although that's the one that i heard the most i hear the most often it's any words that we are using to fill so again, it, it, not trying to be mean, um, it's, and, and again, not poking fun. This is something to me that's so incredibly important for people to pay attention to because I want people to hear what you're saying and I want them to be able to take you seriously. Filler words can develop for different reasons. Some people begin using them because they are uncomfortable with pauses in conversations. They believe that the silence needs to be filled with a word. Other people do not feel confident in what they are saying and they will stumble, stumble over their words with filler words because they're insecure in their communication. Nonetheless, no matter the reason for developing filler words, they become a habit and they are a habit that can be broken. The simplest way to break the habit is to slow down and to be mindful of what you are saying. You do not need to rush through what you are saying. Take your time. Think about your words before they come out of your mouth. This is an excellent communication technique in general, not just for breaking the filler word habit. People appreciate it when you care enough to be intentional with your words 
versus merely saying something without thinking about it. People are more than happy to wait for you to find the words. When I've been in a session with a client and I've taken a moment to think about what I want to say and how I want to say it, and that does happen. There are times where I'm I'm, I'm thinking about something. I'm like, okay, how do I want to say this? I want to make sure I say this in a way that it's going to be heard with the intention that I mean for it to be. When that does happen, I've not ever had a client respond to me taking a moment moment by saying to me, come on, hurry up, what are you going to say? I've never had that happen. As I said, I believe people are appreciative of knowing that you care enough to want to be intentional with your words versus carelessly speaking and possibly causing pain. Also, I believe people would prefer silence when you are collecting your thoughts versus the excessive use of a filler word. I hope you find today's pep talk communication tips helpful. And before I go, I want to remind you, please feel free to submit a question for the podcast that you would like answered on the podcast. Go to my website, pepforlife.com and click on the submit a question page. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I encourage you to do one thing today purposefully to attain true pep for life.